Hello, and welcome to another Emith Your Business podcast. I'm Wendy Vinson, president of Emith Worldwide. Today, we're discussing what it takes to build your business into an asset from a more personal perspective. We're not going to go over the nuts and bolts of business development that get you there. That's what our coaching programs are all about. But today, what we're going to do is talk about how you, the business owner, must develop the critical personal attributes and skills in order to succeed. And we're going to discuss then what you can do to get to a point where you can build your business as an asset. So today I've invited my colleague, Karen Awada, to join me. Karen is an experienced coach, seminar leader, and keynote speaker for Emoth Worldwide. And I've had the pleasure of working with her for, wow, over a decade now. <laughs> and I can tell you without hesitation that Karen is an impassioned advocate of the Emoth message. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, so before we get into the meat of things, let's take a moment to talk about what it means to build your business as an asset. So a lot of people over the years certainly have you know, been attracted to the whole concept that an e business would be a business that could bring you more life. That's been a key phrase that has been very familiar to a lot of our clients and certainly something that was highlighted in a lot of Michael Gerber's books, particularly the Emoth Revisited. And while we've talked about more life, um, and that is central, how one defines what more life means is a certainly a personal um, response, and it varies all over the board. Some people want to build their businesses because they are just passionate about a certain cause and they want to see their business have an impact. Some people want to build their businesses in order to allow them more um, work-life balance, which is very popular, more freedom. And certainly that's the basis for this idea of having an entrepreneurial seizure, which is to be able to be your own boss, have freedom, and of course, make more money. And while all of these things are true, what really hasn't been cemented in people's mind is that their business really, at its best, should serve as a financial asset, not only today, but for tomorrow. Now, everyone agrees that they want to make more money and have more income to have freedom to do what they want. But how many people are actually thinking about their business long term in terms of succession, exit strategy, using the business to supply them really income for life, not just income today? Mm -hmm. And the opportunity like never before in our current um, economy and all of the things we used to believe were true have been questioned now. I think it's a perfect time for people to really sit back and say, so what would this business need to look like in order to provide me either a with passive income once I choose not to work any longer um, or b to sell it um, for cash in which for, to provide me again income that I could, whether it be get into another career, another business, or just travel or dedicate your time in another way. So this has been a huge focus and will continue to be one. And so the asset is mission critical, and we really want to hone in on what it takes personally today to get you there. Karen, what's your reaction to all that? Well, you know, I think that you're absolutely right that particularly given this economy, the idea of looking long-term and building an asset that you can sell or that's going to provide you with an ongoing stream of income is really important. But I also think that it it's almost a bit of an abstract idea when you're faced with the day-to-day, -day, right? Yeah. The day-to-day -day operations and so forth. So I think one of the things that becomes really important is what are the steps 
I need to take in order to build that asset from an operations infrastructure place. And of course, you know, our coaching programs provide all of those systems and techniques and tools and so forth. But that's only part of the game. The rest of it is what you as a business leader brings to it personally to shepherd that enterprise, you know, and that endeavor forward. So I think that one of the things that we are asked often by clients is what makes us what makes somebody succeed or not succeed, even though their intention is mm-hmm. to build an asset. And I think what, what we're going to be talking about today is really true, that there are personal attributes, characteristics that make the difference. That, that is so right on. I, how many times can you think of um, people that are exposed to, you know, five steps of this and, you know, here's something to do. Someone role models how they, you know, build something in order to get a result. And then they end up not working the system. Why? What's the difference? Because of how they're thinking about it, their attitude, mm-hmm. um, what they bring to the table. Yeah. And so unless your head's on correctly and you really understand what you're doing and are committed to doing it, yeah. right, yeah. it's going to be hard to succeed because yeah. no one can do it for you. And it's funny because you remind me that we've always stated, you know, for the last three decades plus that the business, what we really do is we're working on business with business owners. We don't really work on businesses. Business owners work on their business. Our job is to help work on the business owner because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the success boils down to that business owner. Would you agree? Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, a big piece of what we do so well is helping people move from having an intention to do something to actually making that thing yeah. a reality and making that intention live in the business and in their life day to day. So we, we take it from just being an abstract thought into some um, purposeful action. That's great. You're absolutely right. So Karen, tell us, we've, tell us you know, some of these characteristics that really set one up to succeed in building their business into an asset. Well, I think the first thing, and you've alluded to it, is is really the mind shift. It's how you think about what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the end game is, and how you're going about it. All of that is going to inform the actual actions that you take. So the first is a really subtle, subtle Mm -hmm. shift in thinking that I think does the heavy lifting is the most powerful thing that you can focus on in order to really move your business forward. So many times, you know, we know that technicians start these businesses and when you start working on your business and you're still in that technician's mindset, you're all about your to-do list. You're all, you know, you're focused on what are the things I need to do? What can I do? When can I do it? How can I get somebody to help me do it? Right. But unless you've started thinking differently, and we talk about, you know, having this more entrepreneurial perspective, which is absolutely necessary to build your business as an asset, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you engage that, you're going to be focused on the same old to do list that you've been trying to click off for the last five years. Yeah. Right. The mind shift helps you prioritize and take right action. Now, how hard has it been for people to really get that? So, you know, Karen, as um, I introduce you, I explained that you've also done a lot of our 
um, EMIT seminars and um, keynotes and such. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you go and do a keynote, for example, you've been uh, invited, you know, by an organization who has a room full of uh, independent business owners, for example. Mm -hmm. And it may be the first time they've ever heard about this concept. And so you're basically trying to articulate that really mm -hmm. they have to work on themselves. How do you find, you know, people receiving it? What do you notice? Well, I, th I think that the first thing is, you know, to get people to acknowledge that there is a problem. I mean, how many, you know, programs Start with that Hi, kind I'm of. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm exactly. a technician. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> and and when you can begin to laugh at yourself, you know, and and be sort of amused by your own habitual thinking and where it's gotten you and where it's prevented you from going, mm -hmm. then you're a little bit more open to taking the rest of it in. I think it's very difficult for most of us to self-identify yes. the types of thinking that really stop us and get in the way. And again, you know, that's where a coach comes in. Yeah. to help you see that, but then to help you work through what kinds of things do you need to look at differently? What's another perspective that would be more um, beneficial that would, you know, help you to succeed? So is it difficult? I think in the beginning for some, um, they get it, but in terms of working with it on a daily basis, that's the more difficult yeah. aspect of it, you yes. know? Yes. It requires a certain discipline. It requires a certain level of self-awareness. But I think mostly it requires a desire to get to the crux mm -hmm. of the issue that's preventing them from doing or having or being what it is that they really want. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I can think of several people come to mind where we've met these business owners and immediately they just get it. You know, they yeah. have the mindset that is going to set them up to succeed mm -hmm. and they just start applying it. Yeah. Others are very open, you know, very committed to their success in their mm -hmm. business. They wouldn't be where they are today without that, but mm -hmm. know something has to shift mm -hmm. and they may not get it really until they start doing something. Yeah. And then I can recall one gentleman, for example, uh, he had attended a leadership intensive and he made a comment. Um, yeah, I thought the seminar was good. I met a lot of great people and, um, you know, got some, some good tips and, you know, but he was, I wouldn't say he was dazzled. He was just like, yeah, it was good. And I had the opportunity to talk with him. I think it maybe is three or four weeks later. And he said, you know, Wendy, when I left, I thought it was good, good stuff, but I didn't really feel like it was just mind blowing. He said, but I have to tell you that there has not been a day that has not gone by where I have not um, interacted with something. It could be myself interacting with an employee, a customer. I've seen myself doing something or responding in a certain way when suddenly some of those ideas mm -hmm. of how I'm making decisions, how I'm prioritizing my time, the way I'm viewing things, what kind of results I'm getting, where I haven't thought back about what we covered as a group together mm -hmm. and that I really got it. So he, you know, to me, it just means, you know, you don't have to understand it all. It means you have to be willing to be interested and then start noticing that self-awareness you're talking right. about and looking at yourself and your business separate from you almost and going, wow, why am I choosing to do this as opposed to that? Yeah. Why did I just, 
you know, choose to not delegate again. Yeah. You know, why, why am I doing this? And then asking and then realizing there can be another way. Well, I think you just hit on it. It's asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we get into our habitual mode, you know, and we're just operating, we're on autopilot, we're doing the things that we've always done in the way that we've always done it. We stop asking the questions. You're right. Now, when you hold out that idea of building your business as an asset and actually making that part of your retirement portfolio, your retirement plan or whatever, and you keep that in front of you, the questions begin to come up. Yes. Is this really getting me where I need to go? Or is it just allowing me to be productive, not um, cause any kind of angst within myself, you know, or with mm-hmm. anybody else rocking the boat, what have you. So I think that it is asking those questions, but having the, um, I would say, spaciousness mm-hmm. and the presence of mind, like literally being present in the moment yeah. to see and to observe yourself operating within the context of your business and what's really driving you. Is it keeping the peace? Is it making things easier for everybody else? Is it, you know, you're just buying time until you get to that point where you have the courage to initiate new things, change whatever it is. I mean, really what's motivating you? And I think that we don't ask ourselves. We just get into that groove and we stay there. That's really um, important. You know, uh, it's certainly not new, but I will just say it, you know, for the purposes of our our listeners as well, that another tool just to really understand the power, you know, is the whole concept of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. And, you know, Daniel Daniel Goldman um, certainly wrote the one 10 years ago that I think made great success um, nationally as well as globally and did hit the bestseller list, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, though he wasn't the originator, he certainly made it very applicable and accessible and accessible. Mm -hmm. And it does really talk about the importance of what it takes to really succeed and the balance there. And what you're talking about is really having an emotionally intelligent and self-aware, social aware person be able to take a look at themselves in relation to their business and their business Mm -hmm. in relationship to the community and their employees Mm -hmm. and, you know, looking at it um, as we talk about it, uh, what do we say um, in terms of when you work on your business, um, you need to have double vision, right? Yes, absolutely. Look at your business today and out in the future. And you're talking about that, about keeping your long-term in mind. You might be okay today with working 60, 65 hours a week because you're excited, you've got the drive to do it, it's what it takes. Mm -hmm. But are you going to want to keep that up Mm -hmm. next year and the year after? And whatever you're setting up today will become the way you do business. Mm -hmm. So you might as well set it up for how you want to do business five years out. And that's really a mindset change is what you're talking about. Absolutely. It's a huge change in terms of the results you get. But the actual intellectual change is quite subtle and it happens over time. So, you know, you, you made the point about people who innately are emotionally intelligent, yeah. you know, but it's also a skill set that can be developed Absolutely. over time, right? And so that's one of the other things, you know, of course, I'm a huge advocate of coaching and that's another great thing that the coach helps you do. It's not like you have to be in this particular mindset at the get-go. It happens over time progressively, but it happens most easily and to the best effect when you've got somebody who's working with you to get you there. And it's not like a lifelong process either. It doesn't have to be. No, 
You know, it can be quite simple if you're aware and willing and open. That's right. That's right. Terrific. So Karen, so what would be another attribute or skill that is essential for success? Well, certainly commitment. Having having the commitment to the vision. So, you know, in, of where it is that you want to go. So for instance, we're talking about this idea of building an asset that's really a part of a larger vision mm-hmm. for your life and for your business. And so I think that very often what we do is it's almost an academic exercise. You know, somebody tells us or we read, we need to write down some goals. You know, we probably should have an idea of where we're going. And it's, you know, I call it the Hallmark card version, right? It sounds good, but it doesn't really connect to us emotionally. Without that connection, that ability, as you said, to be excited about where you're going, it's very hard to muster the commitment to do the things that are required to make it happen and, and make some hard decisions yeah. along the way. So I think um, having the commitment to the bigger picture over having a commitment to just get through the day and yeah. to make things as easy and um, you know congenial mm-hmm. as possible is a big deal. And I don't think that we spend um, enough time with ourselves mm-hmm. figuring out what are we really committed to. I mean, one of the ways to figure out what you're really genuinely committed to is by looking at how you spend your time. That's right. Or what you're avoiding. Or what you're avoiding. Absolutely. That's a huge clue about really how you're thinking. Yeah. So you can get your thinking in line, right? Thinking about, you know, from a more strategic perspective, entrepreneurial perspective. However, without that I'm, I'm, I'll use the word again, emotional commitment to the overall result that you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. And then a commitment to get there as quickly and efficiently as possible, meaning that you're going to have to probably make some changes in the way that you operate day to day. It's just going to be one of those, you know, those ideas, goals that just keeps getting pushed further and further out there yeah. as opposed to getting closer and closer. And don't you find that there are a lot of things that can temporarily motivate us? It's those Mm in-your-face ideas, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, it may be motivating right now to, um, you know, start working on your um, recruiting system because someone just quit and you're short-staffed. Um, you know, and I just said that in the best way, working on your recruiting system, let's be honest, sometimes when you're busy and you're already feeling overworked, the natural inclination is let me just find somebody That's right. and not taking the time to, and the opportunity to say, okay, what does this business really need? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. What type of work really needs to be done? Right. What makes most sense functionally organizationally, and then how would, you know, what's the right person that I need at this juncture in my business to fill that role and taking the time to do it. And it ends up being this very snap decision and such. And that's kind of your in your face, though motivation. And you, I'll deal with it later once I'm bigger. And then you can also be motivated that I just need to get my debt down. Maybe because, mm-hmm. you know, you are feeling stressed mm-hmm. and that can be great for a period of time, but it may not be sustainable because once we get comfortable again, for example, 
we might start going to the same habits we always had because it's not immediately in danger. If you think you're going to lose your job or your business is going under, you're going to be very motivated to lessen your expenses. But the reality is, and what we saw this year too with a lot of our clients, is that it might have been a wake-up call for people to look at their financials and say, oh my gosh, I don't have any cash reserves. The credit lines aren't available that once was. All those clients that have been with me forever, suddenly when times were hard, I guess my business isn't recession-proof, that now I need to look at my finances. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't just be in reaction to. Right. It actually is an opportunity to say, wait a minute, I should have made these changes anyway. That's you right. know, I'm yeah. happy to say for our business here... We needed to make some adjustments, just like every other business out there, and we did. But the reality was probably three out of the six action steps we took, which also had to do with we're just looking at our lease and our space, needed to be done anyway. That's right. It just motivated us in the moment. So yeah. the truth is on commitment. Find those things that are sustainable motivations, because you're always going to have a little bit of pain and pleasure motivations. Yeah. But if you're really taking control mm -hmm. of your business, your life, your destiny, mm -hmm. you need to find those sustainable things That's right. that help you stay committed in the up times and the low times of which yep. those of us that have been on the planet long enough realize there's plenty of both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so to really take that true. And that's where true commitment comes in. I mean, I've seen some business owners that I have to tell you their attitudes, their resolve, their tenacity, their confidence over the last year has been amazing. And I've seen some that are just completely uh, devastated because they made some assumptions about their business always being without really understanding mm -hmm. their business. Mm -hmm. And so some closed and others now are committed to finding out what they didn't know. But you got to find it within you. Well, you do have to find it within you, and you do have to have something that will sustain over the long haul. But, I mean, let's be real. Stuff happens. It does. And your attention and your focus does have to shift. And you do sometimes have to respond quickly to things that are changing. But I think, to your point, the idea is once you've done taken care of that immediate thing, not to be seduced into falling into your old habits your old way of thinking, but mm -hmm. keeping that future focus. I mean, I think for, for many, that's the difference between truly having an entrepreneurial perspective and just having um, more of an operations manager yeah. perspective. It's that future focus. Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Yes, we have to deal with these things along the way, but you have to know yourself in order to understand what those long-term sustainable motivations are going to be for you. Right. Because that you know takes, them for you. Yeah. That's the first, because you need that's that first. to drive you. And then you have to look at what those are for your business. Absolutely. And constantly be reevaluating that. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And ideally, of course, the two meld together. Where there's a conflict. Yeah. You know, what, what are we going to give short shrift to? Is it going to be our own life or is it going to be the business? For many... They they figure they can catch up with their life at some point in the future because the business is so in their face. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. That's so it's, right. It's, it's it's having the discernment and the spaciousness to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. I think that comes as a result of beginning to think differently about who you are in your business, who you're going to be in your life, and how those two come together. <laughs> 